right, welcome back to the MSRA at the Minnesota State Fair, O'Gara's. We're going to change up the format uh, permanently of Garage Logic. We're going to go very food based instead of <laughs> Garage Logic, Common Sense, or whatever you guys are talking about. Like Patrick used to say, Who are we mad at today? I got a food story. <laughs> Do you really? I got to tell you. About I'm just this. playing. We're not going to mix up the format, people. No, we're not. No, no we're not. But here. Uh, well, you can't, you just can't walk very far on the grounds without ending up in a great conversation with somebody about amazing topics. Right. Like uh, food. Well, no. Cars. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it for you here. You're going to get it for me. Okay. Here's how, here's, how, uh, here's how goofy the world's become, and this is food-based. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. I'm all ears. A mixed-race family says Bluebell ice cream should change the name of a uh, of an ice cream they produce called the Great Divide, a mixture of chocolate and vanilla. Okay. The uh, <laughs> two members of the family suggested that instead it should be called Better Together. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, Better let's... Together. Oh, yeah. The Great Divide ice cream flavor divides chocolate and vanilla with a straight line down the middle. Tracy <laughs> Schmidley, her husband, and their six children say the company needs a name that is less divisive. No, do you believe no, this? No, and, and, no. And when you it, how do you even think of that when no. you're sitting there I, having the ice cream? Yeah, how? Why would you? Why would that enter your vanilla? Mind? It stays vanilla. How and does chocolate. it make the news? Well, somebody says, "I got a story for you." They reached that conclusion while eating bluebell bluebell during an ice cream party at their Louisiana home. <laughs> Fox News reported, "We always buy bluebell, and this time we chose the flavor of the Great Divide." which has chocolate on one half and vanilla on the other half, Schmidley wrote on Love What Matters, a website that shares personal stories. You, you boy, yeah, hang you on got here. a groin hang kick, on. this yeah. woman. Uh, to the makers of Bluebell Ice Cream, my name is Tracy Schmidley. Two of my sons and one of their friends wanted to write you a message about something they considered recently. Thank you in advance for taking the time to read their letter and considering their perspective. From Isaac, Caleb, and Jaden. Every one of them spelled wrong. Every one of them foghornable. Every damn one of them. Yeah, and I'm sure those kids had real deep thoughts about that ice cream. Caleb, K-A-L-E-B. That sounds like an ice cream flavor. It's supposed to be with the C, right? Oh, look at Isaac. Isaac, I-S-A-K. Jaden, J-A-Y-A. Lady, you're getting groin See you. After seeing the ice cream, one of Schmidley's sons jokingly said the flavor reminds him of the Civil War. <laughs> no, that was blue and gray, wasn't it? <laughs> the line down the middle of the carton reminded him of the Mason-Dixon line, oh, and the name God. reminded him of a time in history when our nation appeared to be irrevocably divided. He un- looked at our table and saw a mixture of both black and white people, not divided on one side or another like in the ice cream, but gathered around the table together, Schmidley wrote. Her son didn't go as far as calling the name racist, which no longer means anything, but he didn't think the name Great Divide was the best name for something as wonderfully unifying as Bluebell Ice Cream. No, no, Is this a joke? That's a joke. No, it isn't. No? Schmidley, a teacher who homeschools her children, yeah. <laughs> decided to use it as a teaching moment. She said her family is passionate about faith, education, and adoption. This is a really a 
A lot of deep stuff being extracted from an ice cream carton, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it the is. The Civil War, life, faith, adoption. Plus, just, not to mention Existential that meaning of life. Schmidley is a really dumb real name. That's like a nickname. What's up, Schmidley? We had a lot of great discussion about how, despite the division at that time in our country's history, how our very table, located in the Deep South, was reflective of how far we have come as a people. Yeah. I challenged the kids to come up with a different name that could That's capture... The problem. That could capture the intent of Bluebell ice cream, but would reflect the remarkable progress our country has made. The family includes six kids, two of whom were adopted, and multiple skin tones. Two of the kids suggested, let's call it Better Together. See, that's the problem. When you let kids do stuff like that, kids are kids do dumb... You give a, a name contest to kids, and they're going to come up with something really stupid. Well, the ray of hope is Bluebell probably won't change the name of the ice cream. In a statement, isn't this amazing... It, Ice cream. You get up in the morning and you got you have to prepare a statement. Yeah. About a ice cream title. Imagine that you work press. For, imagine for, my for, surprise. Imagine my surprise. You work press for Bluebell ice cream, and you have to deal with this. We created right. here. The company says we created great divides so that families didn't have to choose between two favorites we could enjoy, but could enjoy both homemade vanilla and Dutch chocolate in one container. Of course, that's all it is. And these morons got 25,000 Facebook hits on this thing. <laughs> but think about this. Think about the other stories that this woman has come up with that did not get press. Oh, my God. Because she drums up this crap every day. Uh, it's, uh... When I eat ice cream, I think do, about... Do, do we not... Do, maybe Americans don't have enough to do. Maybe we're, <laughs> we're just... We've solved everything. You, you might be right. Solved every problem. There's just not enough to we're do. We're worried about ice cream and what... When you had a, this a, event right here is the antithesis of that story. Yes, this is, is the pushback. This is the pushback. This is pushing back right yeah. here. I want a state fair shirts this year to say pushback. Pushback. Yeah. In like big crazy. No, letters. No, not big crazy right. letters. I like I like benign. Yeah, just benign. like pushback. Benign. Just pushback. Pushback with GL. Yeah, that's what I'm talking. Okay, about. we can do that. <laughs> well, uh, uh, should I? I'll, I'll lay this on you too. Okay, more more food news. <laughs> Have you had anything? Absolutely. You know, actually, here. actually, it is. Food what? news. It is? Have you had anything to eat out here? No, oh, this is a good no. one. I saw this one. Yeah. Remember, there, we went through the people in San Francisco were going nuts, and they were, they were buying raw water. They thought raw yep. water yes. was, yep. you know, there is no such thing, but right. it was water from a stream or something uh -huh. that animals pooped in, but they thought it was raw water. Right. So, yep. All right. Now people are paying uh, $37.99 for a bottle of hot dog water. <laughs> what? The bottle has a wiener in it. It's got protein. The no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that seriously why? Because I think it has protein? Wait, explain it. What, what is This it? product was pitched at the annual Car Free Day Festival Car -free. in Vancouver, British yeah, okay, Columbia. Okay, you took a big jump to which way we're going with this. The tent selling unfiltered hot dog water, literally a bottle of water with a wiener floating inside, for $37.99 a pop included some promising, if not dubious, claims, such as helping consumers not only lose weight, but also increase brain function, look younger, and improve overall vitality, which is absolutely not plausible. There's right. nothing healthy about a hot dog. No. Nothing. No. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. 
You're not getting any protein from that. Isn't that what the, the scraps that they left at the... As uh, Douglas, as Douglas yeah. Bevins, the guy running the show, explained to Global News, we've created a recipe having a lot of people with a lot of effort into research and a lot of people with backgrounds yeah. in science really creating the best version of hot dog water that we could. As for how it actually works, there's a fair bit of it that is too sciencey for me, Bevins <laughs> told the outlet. So the protein of the hot dog water helps your body uptake the water content. Oh, you're lying, pal. Growing... Does Manny know where the groin kick button uh, is? Groin uh, kick this guy. It's on the uh, groin kick him. wall page, drop down, groin kicks. It's on the wall. Groin kick the wiener water drop guy. Drop down to groin yes. kicks. Yes. It would be the upper left button. On the wall. That <laughs> deserves this. Ooh. 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 I think he found it. Yeah. Give it to that lady that thinks the ice cream is about the Civil War. <laughs> give it to that. Give it to Schmidley. Give another one, Manny. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Oh, that hurts. Wait, we yeah. didn't come up with a term. Uh, we were supposed to come up with an alternative for a female that received the groin kick. Well, we? they, females have groins. <laughs> they got them. Yeah. You can get them. Yeah. 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 This yeah. just in on GL. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Isn't that fitting, though, that it was at a, the car-free day? Car free as soon day. as you said that, I knew. Well, as then you, you there's that. where you'd find the saps that would actually do this. Exactly. What are you picturing at the car-free day event? People buying hot dog water. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Hey, where'd you get your hot dog water? At the car-free day. Yeah. Is that a foot long? <laughs> it not is now. Not in my bottle. <laughs> right. uh, I got to save this because she's getting... Gro- this. These have to be you entered in the... groin kick today? Well, no, in the groin kick awards at the end of the year. That's true. We, we had the these, groinies. Oh, yeah. The groinies. groinies. Yeah. Yep. Hey, you know what I discovered, by the way? So we're back we're at back to the 50s. Have you guys walked through the merchandise booth over here? No. Right next to us? Not yet. There is some cool stuff in there. Well, what do you think? It's a... It's well, I'm talking like, like old... So like mops and no, sponges? Like big, the guy chopping onions? Old school gas signs? <laughs> oh. It's yeah, totally but they're cool. probably they're cool. probably reproductive. Yeah, they're not original, so... You know what, you morons? Because <laughs> they're not stock, is what they're not. Remember when you went through your phrase... Phase of buying, putting nothing on your motorcycle because you wanted it always to be stock. What's wrong with that? Well, put a reflector. Would you want me to go to J.C. Whitney and buy some, uh, some? No, but that's it's just it's it's nothing. It's something for nothing the handlebars. Fancy on it. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing fancy on it. Yeah, right. you can also get a customized uh, beer mug over there. You can have it in, inscribed with whatever you want. Really? I almost bought you one. Yeah, well, I'm glad you didn't. A I, beer I, mug? I got enough stuff. Hang on to that. What do you what, what do you want? You want that yeah. one? You're doing that one first. All right, let's take break. a break and we'll be back at uh, live at O'Gara's. Back little Sade. Here's John Height in his remote back to the 50s hot rod in about seven minutes. Yeah, in about seven minutes from right now. What? Yeah, you, oh, you got another break here or another segment. No, okay, you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do? You had that item that you're going to do next. No, I'm going to take us back to brand. Back oh, to brand. Okay. I was reading the obit today in the New York Times because that's all they're good for is obits, in my estimation. Okay. The golfer Hubert Green died. Only 71. He won the U.S. Open in 1977. Ever hear of Hubert Green? I never have. Well, uh, he had a very unorthodox swing. But here's, here's what I didn't know, and this I became fascinated. During the Open in 1977, Southern Hills at Tulsa, he got a death threat during the final round. Wow. Uh... He was leading. Uh, he died of uh, age 71. Somebody made a bad bet. Uh, Green had just finished the 14th hole. 
at this, and this is why the New York Times does have good old bits, because I'm not going to probably read this anywhere else. All right, yeah. Green had just finished the 14th hole at the 77 U.S. Open at Southern Hills Country Club in Tulsa when tournament officials told him that a woman had called to say that three of her friends were going to shoot him at the 15th hole. Leading by one stroke, Green was told he could keep playing, wait for the course to be cleared of people, or resume play the next day without a gallery. He chose to continue without interruption, but was accompanied by nine armed coppers. Wow. Wow. He's got a brass bear there. I'm just only now vaguely remembering this. I was a little nervous playing the 15th hole, though, because that's where I was going to be taken out, he told Golf Digest uh, in 07. I was on the green in two, but a long way from the hole, and when I stood over the putt, I suddenly got the sensation that I was going to be shot at at any second. Wow. That'd be a tough hole, wouldn't it? As soon as I hit the putt, he said I knew I'd left it short. I also knew I hadn't heard a gunshot. (laughs) Despite the tension, Green managed a par on the 15th and a birdie on 16, and after a par on 17, he had a short uh, putt for bogey to win by one stroke over Lou Graham. Police officers quickly swarmed him and formed a shield around him as he left the course. Wow. The cops were willing to take a bullet for Hubert Green? Yikes. So did the call come in to the clubhouse, or how did do we I know guess. how that worked? I, well, maybe he fired his caddy on the 14th hole, too, because the caddy thought he was going to pull a prank, and he filled a bag full of air and just went, <laughs> bam. Dan Jenkins wrote in Sports Illustrated, it could be said that none of the Ben Hogan's, Bobby Jones's, or Jack Nicklaus's had ever won the Open under the very special kind of pressure that Hubert Green did. I'll say. A year later, Green said in, 20, in 2007, he received a second threat at another tournament. A note attached to his locker said, Sorry I missed you last year at Tulsa on 15. We'll see you today. What the well, hell was that? Yeah. That had to be a joke by a fellow player, I would think. Another funny prank. It isn't that Better funny. Than the hey, it's like gonna, something you would have done. Right. You're gonna yeah. die. Then you go up to him and make the boom noise. <laughs> yes. yes. Green never learned who made the threats, his nephew said. Winning the U.S. Open gave Green his first major. By the time he won his second, the PGA Championship in 1985, he had been concerned about a long-term slump that at one point put him 135th on the tour's money list. He had ranked as high as fourth in 1974 with 182 grand in wins. Oh, my God. What's fourth today? About $5 million? Right. <laughs> uh Heading into the final round at the PGA at Cherry Hills in Denver, Green led Lee Trevino by three. They dueled the entire afternoon. Uh, okay. Uh, it was his last win in the PGA Tour. After turning 50, he collected four more victories on the senior tour. Hubert Myatt Green was born December 28, 1946 in Birmingham. His dad was a doctor. Birmingham. Birmingham. His mother was a homemaker who was also a pianist. <laughs> He learned to play golf at the Birmingham Country Club, where his parents were members. He graduated from Florida State. He was a star at the thing. He won. Blah, blah, blah. I don't. Okay. I don't think I could concentrate if somebody uh, was going to be potentially shooting at me. But you almost wonder if it had the opposite effect on him. Like it, it, it almost in some way motivated him. Well, he had a brass pair by just saying, "I'm just don't Fine, do the uh, course, Bring it on! I got this. Yeah, you I know wouldn't have been that brave. You know what he did? He retired from golf in 09, and you know what he did? He played regularly in the Bass Pro Shops Legend of Golf Tournament uh, where two-man teams played on a par-3 course in Missouri, and he won uh, 60 grand doing that. Wow. 60 grand winning that Back thing then. was more than he probably ever won for winning the U.S. Open in 1977. Right. Uh, John, you have, uh, do you have internets? I yeah. have internets, yes. Uh, what do you need? What did... Uh, Hubert Green win 
at the 1977 U.S. Open. I wonder what, what's that, 30, that's 41 years ago. 41 years ago. 41 uh, years ago. I wonder what the first place 120. prize was. You think 120? I, I'm, I don't know why I grabbed that figure. You think even it was over a hun? I'll say no. a hun. I'll go a hun. 77, maybe well, not. Because we, we brought up, uh, after the U.S. Open on Monday, we brought up something looking up winnings, and I remember it being more than that, and this would have been in the 60s. So I'm with Rug. I think it's, I think it's more than that. The US well, Open. we got uh, we got a newsman trying to navigate the interwebs with the slowest computer known to man. Apparently, <laughs> this computer's about twenty years old. Well, that's only half as. Is long it your as own? No, that. no, this is the station. Is uh, that an IBM notebook? What, what are you uh, What are you scrolling for? So you got a nice keypad. Money. Here we go. Hubert really nice. Green. Yep. Forty five thousand dollars. Wow. Oh my god, I was a little high for nineteen seventy seven U.S. Cow. Open. Nineteen seventy seven. Yep. Forty five thousand. Finished at two under. But, but back then, Joe, were there sponsorships at all? Well, sure. But there was. Not the TV revenue would have. Well, look at it another way. Forty-five grand in 1977 was. Translates to what today? Translates to probably a pretty good hunk of money today. I would think so. You want me to look that up? Yeah, look that up. <laughs> hey. It probably only translates to about 300 today, I bet. That's probably. And today, Brooks Kepp got over $2 million for winning the Open two weeks ago at Shinnecock. <laughs> $2 million. Say, I, you know the bog uh, controversy up north? Uh, uh, you wanted yeah. to cut it with a helicopter. North Long Lake? Uh, yeah. I've got good news on the bog coming up. They found a helicopter with a saw to cut that thing away. Well, we're going to uh, be back shortly, but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vale from the Wall Street Journal and Your Money Now. And just so you know, $45,000 back in 1977 is worth $195,000 today. Boy, they didn't pay him much really? then in 77. Wow. Okay. Make, make that $190,000. 190000 eh, Still yeah, not, right. much. Uh, not right. too bad. Uh, mixed day on Wall Street. Today, stocks are mixed, headed toward the close. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is on the verge of breaking an eight-day losing streak. is up 187 points. That's the good news. The NASDAQ Composite down eight. And the S&P 500 is up 11. The Supreme Court ruled that authorities need a search warrant before obtaining broad access to data that shows the location of cell phone users, except for emergencies. The 5-4 decision furthers privacy protections in the digital age. The High Court cited the Fourth Amendment's guarantee to be free from unreasonable government searches. ABC confirmed it officially picked up a Roseanne spinoff that will be called The Connors and include all of the original cast members of Roseanne with the exception of Roseanne Barr. The series is expected to premiere in the fall. The announcement comes three weeks after the hugely successful reboot of Roseanne was canceled in the wake of a racist tweet by Roseanne Barr. ABC said Barr will have no financial or creative involvement in the new show. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Here's John Height live at the State Fair O'Gara's back to the 50s Model A Ford newsroom. Huh? Thank you, Joe. 77 degrees, partly sunny skies. Uh, sports headlines, Twins. They open up a three-game series against the Texas Rangers. Ooh, my food's ready. Perfect. <laughs> Chris. Fernando Romero. You would be unemployable in Japan. Unemployable. Yeah, unemployable. 
Fernando Romero pitches for the Twins. Lefty Mike Miner will pitch for the Rangers. Uh, other action tonight in our area, the St. Saint Paul Saints will be playing again. They played the Winnipeg Gold Eyes last night. Uh, they were soundly whooped by Winnipeg, 16-5. to Same two teams tonight at CHS Field. Saints, though, are in first place in the American Association North Division with a 19-13 record. Uh, Lynx also in action tonight. They're on the road there at Phoenix to play the Mercury. News notes from today. Wells Fargo Home Mortgage has confirmed the company will reduce 130 team members. I know you love that expression, Joe. In the uh, Twin Cities, company spokesperson John Hubbard said the decision was made after evaluating market conditions and consumer needs and to, in his words, better align with current volumes. Now, speaking of Wells Fargo, authorities have identified a 20-year-old driver who crashed into the side of a Wells Fargo bank in St. Cloud yesterday. According to St. Cloud Police, Fadumo Omar of Wake Park crashed into the building, and uh, he had an ATM machine while trying to park in the bank's lot. And did the, the Wells Fargo employees come out and say, hey, how you doing? What, you got big plans for the weekend, or what's going on? <laughs> Omar was... In- <laughs> issued a careless driving citation, released at the scene as 18-year-old passenger taken to the hospital. Nobody, luckily, inside the bank was hurt. Bank continuing normal hours of operations. However, since he ran into the ATM, the ATM is not operational, so you mm. can't use the ATM. You know, I know we're biased, but these Reuben bites here at O'Gara's are incredible. I mean, what, did it, what an ingenious Is that invention. what that is? Reuben, kraut, Swiss cheese, inside. How hot are they? Not hot at all. Try one. Try one. Rook, well, I know you've already had one, but <laughs> there he goes. The mayor's going to eat. I'm glad I'm not doing the newest. See? I will try one. Oh, they're incredible. Good stuff. You love that kraut. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Is there meat in there? Yeah, Reuben. Well, you the Reuben. Hey, Corn, Corn beef. beef. Yeah. <laughs> hey, where's Reuben? He's over there. The human. Uh... And here goes the mayor for another one. <laughs> Yes, guess I'm doing this solo. I'm with you, Johnny. The rest of the way. I'm right here. Human backup driver in that autonomous uh, Uber SUV was streaming the television show The Voice just before the vehicle hit and killed an Arizona pedestrian oh in March. My God. The Arizona Republic reported the driver was streaming the musical talent show on Hulu in the moments before the crash on a darkened street in the Phoenix suburb of Tempe. Police obtained records from Hulu with a search warrant showing the streaming to one of the driver's cell phones ended at 9.59 p.m. Uh, the crash occurred at 10. The newspaper received a more than 300-page report from Tempe Police. 49-year-old Elaine Herzberg was hit as she crossed the road. It was the first fatal crash involving a self-driving uh, driving vehicle. Prosecutors are thinking about charges against the driver, 44-year-old Rafael Vasquez. Wait, what, what do you mean they're thinking about it? They're thinking about it. They haven't announced yet whether they what will, thinking about? will charge her. She's dead. What's sort of... It, he was... Streaming, that, no, okay. so she, I'm outraged. She, so she, streaming, I'm sorry, sorry. she was streaming, and she had it on auto drive. Yes. Well, uh, there's a. Here's how it works. Apparently, uh, the car, the autonomous driving system, spotted Herzog about six seconds before hitting her, but did not stop because the system used to automatically apply brakes in potentially dangerous situations had been disabled. It's disabled while Uber's autonomous cars are under computer control. So. so do you hear all that, young people out there, that's young you. young that's men you. that might want to uh, have driverless cars and they uh, don't electric work. cars? They're they, a horrible idea. They can, still, uh, they can still crash, young man. I'm against them. I'm against them, too. But there's people in my home that are all for, well, I've got to get worried. They're not, they're not thinking it through. Yep. How about we host a show at the driverless car convention at the state fairgrounds? Well... <laughs> 
No, uh, I, I don't. Think maybe not. A little more on that story Joe talked about last hour. A little girl shown in a viral photo crying at a U.S. Border Patrol agent as uh, her mother was allegedly detained and used by Time magazine to symbolize the Trump administration's family separation policy was never separated from her mom. Multiple outlets interviewed the dad of the girl behind the image. He said he had learned that his two-year-old daughter was detained with mom at a facility in Texas. The two never separated. The Honduran government confirming his version of events to Reuters. Washington Post says the mom, Sandra Sanchez, had previously been deported in 2013 to Honduras. Her husband told the Post she left without telling him that she was taking the daughter, Yanela, with her, and he couldn't contact her, but then he said he saw the picture on the news. He said he also did not support his wife's decision to make the trek to the U.S. He said, I didn't support it at all. I asked her why. Why would she want to put our little girl through that? But it was her decision at the end of the day. She said she wanted a better life. It's, uh, it's actually Orwellian, isn't it? Uh, Time magazine won't apologize. They won't retract the cover. And it's a complete lie to suggest that this, young, uh, this little girl was... Uh, made a victim by the ogre giant Trump standing over her and looking down at her. That's not, that's not what happened. It just didn't happen. So the journalistic integrity of it's Time gone. Magazine. Well, that's been gone for quite some time. <laughs> a Montana Highway Patrol trooper says two people were injured after the driver swerved their vehicle to avoid hitting a, a kangaroo. A kangaroo? Where, uh-huh. John? Montana? Montana. Trooper Matt Did Finley. he have the boxing gloves on like yeah. Bugs Bunny? <laughs> <laughs> You're making a lot of Bugs Buddy references yeah. lately, Chris. Been Sorry. watching some Bugs, have you? Yeah, where it's kind of a hit in our house. Trooper Matt Finley told KWYB Television he thought it was a joke when he responded to the call on Wednesday morning out on Highway 2 until he got there and saw the kangaroo. There's apparently a kangaroo farm located just west, uh, west of Dodson, Montana. Says the people in the vehicle suffered minor injuries after the vehicle rolled. Says he did not attempt to capture the kangaroo, which is a marsupial. Was it a Joey or a Sheila? I don't know. Okay. Does that mean male or female? That's right. That's, thank you. Dodson's located <laughs> in Phillips County in northern Montana. Uh, proving people are always looking for something to be offended by, a marine biologist. Investing- How about ice cream? Well, they, that was, yeah. uh, this isn't as good as that. It, 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 it's it, it not invo- all black and white, Joe. It invoked memories of the Civil War, yeah, the it, ice cream. It tasted like the Civil War. Yeah, remember? yeah. It yeah. Tasted, do What's, those taste like the Civil War? No. No, they're no, incredible. No. They're really good. Sorry you're not eating any, Chris. That's all right. Yeah. I, suppose I, I bought them for the team. I suppose they'll be gone by the time I'm I done reading news. That. We'll save you one. <laughs> uh, proving, anyway, a marine biologist investigating the body of a great white shark washed up on a California beach didn't think twice about asking one of his science colleagues to pose next to the carcass. For obvious reasons, they wanted to provide scale, see how big the shark was, while they awaited other colleagues with more equipment. While he posted that photo on Facebook... And immediately was barraged by people saying the photo was disrespectful. Of the fish? Of the fish, yes. One person wrote, this could not be more messed up. A dead shark is not a photo op. Another one said, this is appalling and I'm angry. Justice needs to be had. You boys, you just keep playing with your social media. It's going to serve you well. <laughs> yeah. There, so they were sad for the shark. The shark was already dead. Yeah, well, and they were doing an They're actual scientific up. thing right. trying to figure it out. Uh, Tomei, who is the scientist, said the photo wasn't taken for fun and it wasn't intended to be disrespectful. He said, as a biologist and nature lover, it makes me happy, I guess, that people care so much about wildlife. I'm sorry if my photo offended anyone. 
not apologize. That's but, not right. You know, Joe, but he un- didn't need to apologize. The no, unfortunate thing is that there is a lot of good that comes from social media, but the problem is the bad is really starting to outweigh it. And I look forward to days where I don't have to be on it. Especially like I'm never on weeks. We, I know you're. I know you're not. You're, you're smart. Yeah, you yeah. are smart. I am. Every day I think that when I'm I seeing things on Twitter, people yeah. that are outraged, outraged about everything. I like to see what Reavers did last night. <laughs> every day I go there That's just to true. see what uh, Reavers you did last go night. To, every morning, go to Twitter. Usually, you can, it's in the time frame of a Twins game. Yep. Right. Yeah. First, was he with the kids, or was he at the baseball, or what was going on? Yeah. More news. First, I checked to see what President Trump had tweeted that morning, and, right. then, and then I checked to see what Chris Reavers. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate that. The Paris Public Transport Company (RATP) says a baby boy born in a suburban train will get free rides until he's 25 years old. Aww. Live tweeting the event Monday, the RATP said the baby was born in a train in the center of Paris, disrupting traffic. Rescue workers took care of the mom and child and brought them to the nearest hospital. News of the unannounced birth was displayed on a Paris train traffic screen. Why, why till 25? Yeah, I wonder. Live, live tweeting, isn't that fabulous? Uh, Did the were, mom know? That were they live tweeting the birth? No, no, Joe. Live oh, the baby the, is the, crowning. The baby the, is crowning. They were uh, live tweeting the ceremony. Where, uh, oh. they announced oh, okay, so not the, actual, not the actual got it. push and uh, shove got deal. That would, it. Uh, that would, uh, push and shove. Or whatever you Not do. ready yet. Push it in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, a lot of Parisians happily welcomed the birth on social media. <laughs> Others noted, however, the RATP's gift wasn't all good news, saying that the Paris train traffic is disrupted by strikes and other incidents. In other words, they were outraged because they have problems with the trains on occasion. Huh. Yeah, they get a lot of problems here, John, don't they? We're going to be back with Dave Dahl's Channel 5 weather forecast. Here's Dave Dahl. Joe, we're up to 79, heading for a high today of around 82 degrees. Part of the cloudy sky is going to be a mild night tonight. 65 for the overnight low, light and variable breeze. Tomorrow, just about perfect. Sunshine, warm, 83 for the high. South winds at a light 5. Should be a great day to be uh, outdoors doing just about anything. Sunday, maybe an isolated afternoon shower. It'll be isolated, though, so I think most of us stay dry. Sunday's high again, around 82 degrees. Then we climb up to 85 on Monday. Some thunderstorms develop by late afternoon or evening. Uh, 80 on Tuesday, a better chance for some scattered showers and storms that day. But then it heats up even more, uh, going for a high of 89 on Wednesday, 90 on Thursday, and 94 next Friday, a week from today. Today, though, going for a high, Joe, of about 82. Right now we're at 79, and I have the records. June 22. 98 on this day. 98. In 1911. 1911. 42. 42. In 1960. In 1960. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. We're going to say hello to Dan O'Gara now. Danny, when do you, when's the old building come down? Uh, sometime in April. We're um, probably going to close the operation down the last weekend of September. We're oh. doing a month-long celebration of bands to kind of send off the garage. Uh, we've got Martin Zeller's going to do some new shows, Daisy Ed Maisie, uh, Johnny Clueless, Tim cool. Mahoney, G.B. Layton. So it's going to be a great month. And uh, they'll probably we're going to take the things out that we're going to put in the new restaurant like the tin ceilings and the oh. woodwork and so that'll take a couple weeks and then they'll probably start doing some abatement and things like that so uh it's going to come quick man well, alive uh, april uh, so the the uh, bar itself will be closing at the end of september correct and then teardown begins whenever right as soon as they can get in they need to get into the ground before november one and and you will maintain an O'Gara's pub beneath this 
complex. We will. It'll be smaller. It'll be about the size of what our main bar is now. Yep. The shanty garage for guys of John's ilk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll be gone, and I, I, I got to be honest, I'm, I'm not going to miss being out of the nightclub business. <laughs> yeah. uh, times have changed over the last 30 years since my dad, 35 years, whatever it was, when he added that on. It's just a really tough business right now, and, and uh, I'm getting old. And What kind of feedback are you getting from your loyalists? You know, uh, our, our regular customers are excited, our employees are excited, and we've got great um, feedback from the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, there's clearly some concerns about traffic and pedestrian safety and parking that Ryan Companies and myself and Excelsior Group are working through with the neighborhood. We're going to every district council meeting. We're going to the traffic committee meeting. So we're really working with the neighbors to try to mitigate some of the, some of the issues that a development of this size would impact. So what will be on that's the southeast corner so, uh, of Snelling and uh, Selby. So O'Gara's will have a smaller pub and restaurant. We're yep. going to take a lot of the elements out that make it O'Gara's now, but we're actually going to make it more of an authentic Irish pub with some snooks and stained glass and right. more woodwork. Yep. Uh, and then on the corner of Hague and Snelling will be the lobby for the apartments. Okay. And they're going to have a co-working space there where if you're a realtor or um, you work from home, uh, you can rent space there on a monthly basis or oh, okay. a couple months yeah. if you have, yep. a, have a project. And then there's going to be five stories and 163 apartments above. Well, we'll certainly see you during that month-long celebration. We're, we're looking <laughs> forward to it. Right after the fair, we're going yeah. right, in yeah. it, right yeah. into it. All right. Thanks, yeah. Danny. Thank you. Have thanks a great for, day. Thanks for having us here today. Come on out. Uh, it's a beautiful day out here. Don't thank Danny. Thank Chris. She runs the operation. He's just <laughs> along for the ride. See you, buddy. Uh, I wanted to quickly tell you about a bog problem. Yeah, okay, the bog up north. I thought it was the bog that was making all the new. This is a new bog. We got another bog? This is a bog. Is it stuck? With three motor bo- When you no longer have faith that you can move a bog, turn the job over to farmhands. Farmhands will get it done. Forget all the bureau- bureaucrats. With three motorboats, a pontoon boat, and a chainsaw with a three-foot bar, Kevin Lundberg and his crew of ten farm workers removed a 20 to 30-foot wide section of the bog wow. that has plugged... The channel linking Norway and Games Lake since last summer. This is a new one for me. This is a new bog. Huh, yeah. You didn't know that. It's a win-win, Lundberg said. The opening is wide enough to allow motorboats and pontoon boats. With the rain keeping them from farm work, Lundberg said that he and the workers from Lundberg Farms decided to take a stab at removing the bog. They were able to cut parts of the bog into 20 foot by 20 foot pieces and tow them with hooks of their own making to a site on West Norway Lake. Make it somebody else's problem. The pieces are staked there but will be placed on state-owned land with the permission of the DNR and eventually removed. They figure they've removed uh, 10% of this thing. And I, Where is I, this? I'm unaware of these lakes. Uh, what is Norway lakes? Lake is 2,152 acres, so that's a pretty decent-sized recreation lake. And Games Lake is, a, is 520 one acres. That's Recre- up there by... Recreational boaters and anglers have used the channel linking the lake since at least the 1930s. Is that up by Puss Lake? It's up by Infection, I think. Okay, Lake Infection? Uh, yeah. Uh, a floating bog estimated to be, the, to be the size of a football field first entered the narrow channel between the two popular recreational lakes in Candy, Ohio County in 2016, and uh, it's become a never-ending Saga, but you know these people uh, in the farm. They had they had a little time to do it, and they they said, "Let's get it done. Let's did go." You, did you note though? Did you, somebody's listening. Uh, among their tools 
was oh, the fuck. was the chainsaw was a chainsaw with a bar. Three foot bar? So I'm still saying uh-huh. you get the helicopter. It's your idea, yep. yeah. You get the skilled pilot. You get those big rotating blades they use to cut down pine trees for power lines. And you zip down there and go zoom. Zoom. The you cut that cut. sucker up like a pizza. Bam, it's floating <laughs> away. away from Norway and games. Float away, just like a bunch of pizza pieces. <laughs> I, uh, I I wonder what uh, is happening uh, to Mother's uh, surface uh, that bogs are now so much in the news. Yeah, well, is it just because we weren't paying attention before? I'm unaware. I never, of... I never knew you could move a bog. A bog I always saw in a like a uh, a wooded area, yeah, kind of low, swampy. We better take a break because we have to get. Oh, to we got the, a scramble. We have to get to the scramble. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band. And the man is Joe Suchere. I'm not on. Now I'm on. Are we on? Are we on now? We're on now. I think so. We got to do the uh, ho, 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 don't we? Wait a minute. How did all these people get in my room? (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that this was part of O'Gara's back here. Oh, yeah. This is... uh, I did not know how big um, this complex was. So. How did you not know? That? What did you think it was? Because well, the only time I've been here was last year to do the show and this year to do the show. Do you remember when you asked me why I was kind of picking on you? That that was why I, I said to Danny, "Yeah, Joe doesn't. He doesn't really get out much." So. Well, see, and usually they'll buy the beer in here at the state fair and then go sit out yep. there and. The best night, part about night. this patio on those hot state fair days, they got the misters going. Yep. Yeah. Oh Mr. man. Well, that does sound. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. I just don't get up this way much uh, during the Yeah, uh, usually because you blaze a trail boom. at 401. Well, there's a bus to catch. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a bad you know, you've waiter. have been doing it for 25 years. I'm a bad I think waiter. Yeah. This year, I think we really need to. we got to uh, get you out and about. Yeah. See I, the sights and the sounds yeah. of the State Fair. Huh? Well, I, I, I walk it every day. Come I look at the I, butterfly I tent. I walk every day I to look at the fair. I see it all day. the time. I know what I'm doing. Hey, get this thing on a stick. Well, thank you all, GLers, for coming. Uh, great crowd. I can't imagine. What's the attendance over the three days? I, when I seen those figures? When I saw Molly, I was going to ask her because I was wondering the same thing because they're going to have a great crowd this weekend. And they've got bluebird weather for the whole deal. Yes. But I still can't believe these uh, people have to leave the fairgrounds and get in line at 3 o'clock in the morning again tonight. I'll meet oh. you there. No. I, no I, 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 uh, you know what I'd do? I'd bring in a picture of my car and set it up on an easel. There you go. Boom. <laughs> sit there by it. Hey, tell people dedicated, about it. They're dedicated, and this is the pushback. Consider this. Oh, it really pushback. is, isn't it? Yes, it is. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm choking on a... Uh, Piece of Reuben. A uh, Reuben bite, whatever that what thing I had was. Boy, are they <laughs> yeah, good. The Reuben bites are good. I, uh, you got to come out here and enjoy. There are several other um, concessions that are open up and down the streets, but it's a great way to spend the night. So uh, tickets are 12 bucks. 1,500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. 77. It's 77 degrees. Thanks, Thanks GLers.